The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Matt Johnson here from the Section 6 WrestleCast, sitting with the head coach of the Star Point Spartans, Steve Hart. Steve, how you doing? Good, good. Dude, thanks for uh, agreeing to come on to the show. We're hanging out at the Loopport JV Tournament. This really cool concept that Coach Hoover came up with, where the winner gets to walk away with a turkey. Uh, very ingenious on his part, but I'm glad because it gives us an opportunity to talk. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time on the show, so again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, pleasure, um, pleasure's all mine, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, congratulations on your, your newborn baby daughter. Thank you. Her name is Dylan Rose, and uh, this is her first uh, wrestling experience. <laughs> what a crazy one to come into, a JV tournament of all things, too. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I want to ask you, uh, outlook on this 2019-2020 season for you and your Star Point Spartans. Um, so, you know, expectations are high for us, I believe. You know, um, I'm confident in our lineup. You know, the hardest part about being a, you know, a wrestling coach is actually managing the lineup, keeping all the pieces in there. You know, you're missing one important piece in that lineup, one important starter for one big duel. It changes the whole landscape of the duel. You know, as a as, as long as you wrestled, you know, you know that, you know, there's a lot of issues we face with wrestling, you know. So many. You know, you know, there's the weight, there's, you know, skin issues, there's injuries, and then there's, you know, academics as well, right? So you have to juggle all those pieces all at once and make sure you keep your lineups together and everybody in your lineup. And believe it or not, you know, people who've coached for a long time understand how hard that is to do from the outside world. You know, they just see, oh, you know, this team's dominant. But behind the scenes it's like man you know they don't understand how hard coaches work to keep all those pieces in place it's very difficult i mean you see it nowadays you know this section more and more every year merge teams and stuff like that because there's just there's so much i mean just extra stuff that goes on numbers and stuff like that is that, that anything you've ever struggled with at start point um our numbers actually this year are the I've always had between 23 and 25 guys. This year we have 30, really? okay, which is which is really nice. Um, you know, every year you lose guys, no matter if it's to an injury, to just you know, graduating. Yeah. Um, they want they want to work and don't want to wrestle, things like that. You know, wrestling, as you know, is one of the hardest sports you could possibly do, and only the toughest make it through it. That's 100 percent true. 100% true. Um, any studs, you know, guys you think you're going to do some damage? I mean, I'm sure you believe in your entire team, but yeah. anybody you think is going to do some damage across Section 6 this year? So we're returning 9 or 10 sectional qualifiers from last year's lineup. Okay. We, we only graduated two wrestlers. Well, that's good. Um, one being a top four sectional place finisher and Sam Stolting. So our lineup, you know, we're looking pretty solid, but we're in a very tough league. You know, you got Pioneer, who's been dominant over the years, who would probably be the favorite in our league, and then you have other teams as, you know, Lakeshore, Will, South. Um, now East Aurora's moved up. They're very tough as well. So ECIC2 will be very difficult. Overall, it's a D1 landscape, Division One dual tournament. Because, you know, like a team tournament and dual tournament are totally two different things. Very different, yeah. So dual-wise, I would say, you know, you got to give Wheatfield the number one spot right now, even though they lost a lot because, you know, until they're beaten, they have to be the top team, right? Yeah. Then you got to look at Lancaster, GI, and um, Clarence as well. Of course. You know, so those guys are the, really the ones, you know, that we have to get past if we want to be one of those top teams. Preseason rankings came out. We're number seven. I think we're, like, where we belong right now until we prove otherwise. Right. Um, but, again, you know, we have high expectations. Individual-wise, um, 
you know, we we believe that we could, you know, have, you know, a state rep in Gage LaPlante down at 101 after Christmas. Oh, yeah. I've heard his name pop up quite yep. a few times on the show. Yep. yep. Um, so he's uh, he's tough. We, we're getting him back down to 101 where he took fifth in the section last year. He's um, the second highest returning place finisher from that weight, Travis Browning being the highest finishing second, Gage finishing fifth. Everybody else has moved up in weight. Um my next um, would be probably Jacob Eckler, who actually was a Class A finalist at 138. We moved him up last year, but he will be wrestling the second half of the season down at 128. Okay. High expectations on him. And then um, I'm pretty solid throughout. I have Christian Lasher also at 126. Gavin Linus at 120. Dylan Linus will be down at 115 after Christmas. And, um, you know, those guys, you know, should all be significant parts of our lineup. Very good, very good. Oh, also I have to mention Gabe Lee, who was an ECIC finalist, and David Meyer as well at heavyweight. Okay, very good. Now, so you've got a lot of talent coming back, which is very important. It's good to build a team around that, especially, you know, new people. Definitely. What's what goes into you, you planning out your season ahead of time? I mean, I know dual matches are, you know, you got to have your dual matches, but like, do you have a certain flow or, or like? way that you like to do like the tournaments like you know how difficult some of them are is there, is there a way that you like to map that out so this year um because I, I believe we had a fairly tough lineup coming in i changed the schedule a little bit okay. um and, and what i did was is our first two tournaments of the year are the tanawanda duels which are always very tough very good one yeah the second one is um last year i started the star point duels and we have eight teams i upped it from five, uh, six teams to eight teams this year five matches and we've got some good dis- diverse talent from many different leagues some of the southern school teams as well so i do two dual tournaments to start along with our league duels um and we don't get into any individual tournaments till after christmas beginning with uh start off uh, i'm sorry um spencerport which okay. is our, our first time going there as a team oh that's a good so, one so yep yes. we're going there it'll be over christmas it'll be our first individual tournament and the way i mapped that out is i wanted to get two dual tournaments in so it puts us in position to qualify for the sectional dual tournament yeah that's huge it, it goes a long way and i know they pushed it back this year to accommodate you know any weather issues so that's, that's a very big deal it is so it is for sure, and um, and then after that, we're going um, to the Falkner tournament, which is our first time down there as well to wrestle some of their Southern school teams, and they're bringing in some Ohio and Pennsylvania teams oh. as well. That's good stuff, right there. Definitely, definitely is. Um, all right, so you got a good outlook for twenty, you know, this upcoming season. Got a good, uh, good schedule. You doing okay over there? She, yeah, <laughs> she's good. She she just wanted to join the conversation. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. The more the merrier. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little about your history and uh, you know around Section Six wrestling. Uh, you know, from a wrestler perspective, from pretty much your journey to you know yeah. taking over your own team, which you know it's a, it's a big deal. Where did you actually wrestle for? So I wrestled for Kenmore West through the nineties. Um, I was on the varsity team as an eighth grader at Kenmore West. Graduated in two thousand. Um, and that's back when the section was all one. You know, one section champ went to the state tournament, and there was no wild cards. You know, there was 15 weights, 15 wrestlers went to the state tournament. No D1 or D2. It was all one. So, I mean, just qualifying for sectionals was an honor in its own. Was an, o- was an honor in its own. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was like what, what, you know, to be, you know, a wrestler considered that qualified for sectionals, that means you were one of the top-level wrestlers, yeah. let alone the place in the section. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of the coaches, like Coach Hoover from Louport, um, you know, and many others around were in that era as well, you know, a little bit before my time, and they, you know, they went through the same grind as well. Okay. What weight class did you wrestle? So I wrestled uh, 171 my senior year. I cut down from um, 89 from the first half of the year and cut down to 171 because the landscape was better for me at that weight to get to sectionals and place in the section and things like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course. Um, all right, so you- 
you said Kenmore. I'm sorry. Kenmore West. Kenmore West. Yep. Okay. Kenmore West. Uh, after high school, you went to college. Yeah. Uh, so after high school, I went and wrestled this like one semester and then trip. Um, wasn't very committed to it. You know, didn't even actual wrestle a live match for him at all or oh, anything no. like okay. that. Just practiced a few times and I. Just wasn't mentally mature enough to handle that grind at that time. Yeah, it was a big. Um, diff- I, I can relate to that. It was a big change for me. I, I I did two semesters. I did one full season, but it was just like going from high school to taking on that workload. Like I can, I completely understand. Not everybody can do it. Um, it's and, the biggest um, regret in my life. Yeah, I would say oh, it, yeah. it, it would be the biggest regret. And um, like I said, I like I said, I practiced a handful of times. That's it. And and that, that, so I really don't even consider myself as you know. Re- yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I don't even know if I was actually on the roster at any point. You oh. know. So to be honest, like because I wasn't doing the right things, and, right. and that's just me being honest about yeah. it. And it's it's probably one of the biggest regrets that I have. Um, but from there, um, my journey, you know, is I in my late twenties, I'd say twenty six. I began as a modified coach at Franklin Middle School in the Kenmore School District, okay. which is the feeder program for Kenmore East. How excited are you at that point? Because obviously you're, you're coming back to where you wrestled for. You got you get to you get to coach, you know, essentially you coach and, and develop kids for the future, you know, just like. So it was very it was very there. exciting. So Kenmore East was actually my rival because I was Kenmore West and I was coaching for you know the opposition, okay, so um, okay. which which was fine. But um, it was great because Greg Joel was the head coach at that time, and Kenmore East back then was actually ranked in the top ten in Section Six. Believe it or not, now they don't even have a team anymore. No, they're com- I know. they're combined. Yeah. So um, my first year on modified with. Um, Franklin, I went out after because the NFL modified season is only like six weeks. So I went out and helped with the JV varsity for the rest of the year. And I believe I did that for two years. And then I actually took over the assistant role as the JV coach at um, Ken Maurice when Bill Hindman went, made the move from Ken Maurice to Kenmore West. Okay. Um, and what year time frame was this? I would say that was probably 2009, 2009 or 2010 when I moved to the JV coach at, at – uh, Kenmore East. Okay. Um, and I, was, I served as JV coach for one year with Greg Joel, and then um, we were ranked. I, I believe I think we were ended up ranked like seventh in the section. We had our first state rep in Mike Federigo. Yeah. You yeah. probably. I think you were you a state rep with Mike. No, he was. That was the year after. The I year after you. He was yeah, in the finals your Donner, senior year, yeah, and he lost Jim to Donner. Donner. Yep, beat yep. him there. And he beat. And Donner actually beat him his senior year, and he got a wild card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike was our the Kenmore's first state rep since 1990, um, and they still haven't had a state rep since. Right. So, um, and um, their state rep before Mike Frederigo was actually the longtime Maryvale coach, um, Mark Kessler. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, he and he. So he's so Federico was a wild card. Last section champ Ken East had was Mark Kessler in 1990, and they have a long history before that of state champs and state place finishers. Yeah, I know there like a couple that. years they were at the top of the section. There were some stretches, you know. Yeah, there, there there were, and like they actually had a longer history than Ken West, where I wrestled from. Um, we had in our whole history. But when I graduated, we had one state rep ever, and he took second in the state as a junior, Mike Pacillo. Okay. His next year, he's ranked number one in the state and got upset in the finals by a multi-time state champ, Chad Karos. Okay. Um, from there, they um, Coach Day built a oh my goodness, he built a program that you know has been record-setting, and he's had so many different state reps throughout the years. Dylan Caruana, multi-time state place finisher. Skiba. Skiba. Uh, both Skibas went to state. That's Zach right, and Nate. Right. Um, Anthony Argentieri, who is a multi-time state rep, state place finisher, um, high school All-American. Um, Dylan Caruana actually went on to be 
um, a D1, four-year four D1 wrestler at Binghamton, and qualified for the D1 NCAA tournament in his senior year as well. So Ken West had a long history, uh, story history program too. Um, but moving forward, um, after 2010, I ended up moving over as an assistant coach at Iroquois for a few years. I was okay. an assistant coach with Pat Lloyd and Troy Allmeter at you Iroquois. There when, uh, Jimmy Clock was there. I was uh, I was I was an assistant coach uh, Jimmy Clock senior season. Okay, that was my first year there, 2012, an 2011, exciting, 2012. That's an exciting season to be a part of too. Yeah, and um, we were very good. Um, so over the next two years, I served as an, as an assistant, and then I actually took over the head coaching role. Um, after that. Um, for Iroquois for one season before moving over to Starpoint as the head coach. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I remember hearing there were some openings about the Iroquois position. I may or may not have been at, like, inquired. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But um, So, I mean, the Starpoint, the Starpoint gig, what made you choose them over Iroquois? Well, Iroquois, you know, in all honesty, there was some administration things going on there. So um, it was just, it was... Really good. Andrew Stella took over there. Andrew Stella being, you know, four-time section champ, Division One wrestler, yeah. he, just amazing. He was actually um, on my staff with me my my last year at Iroquois. Okay. Um, he took over the program. I moved over to Star Point, and um, my our first season there, we ended up doing pretty well. We actually had a, a section champ my very first year in, okay. in Richard Dermeyer, which okay. was very but so it was a very weird situation. So I go in. <laughs> We ended up going five and three in league duels. We were, you know, pretty solid that year. But um, Richard Dermeyer wrestled one ninety five all season for me. We wrestled Will East in a league duel match, and the number one ranked two eighty five pounder was Pat Faraka at Will East at the time. Okay, and I go, I want to just test something out here. So I bumped, I made Rich weigh in above one ninety five, and I bumped him to two eighty five to wrestle the number one 285 pounder. And I'm like, I just want to test this out, see what happens. Because Rich was, Rich was very strong, and he could handle the weight. Yeah. And he ended up hitting him in the second period. So from there on, it, I moved him back down to 195 and kept him there for the rest of the year because I, I knew that we had the head-to-head -head win over the number one kid. <laughs> um, at the same time, I had a 182 pounder who's, now an who's been an assistant coach for me since the year he graduated, Wayne LeBlanc. Okay. Um, and they had very different styles of wrestling. And I thought um, when we made the decision to move Rich up to 285 at, for sectionals, um, I moved Wayne to 195 because I thought Wayne could actually win the section at 195. Um, so Rich ended up taking third in the class tournament as the one seed. And he still ended up keeping the one seed at the state qualifiers because he never had a head-to-head -head loss against Faraka, who ended up the two seed. So Rich jumped him right to the one seed. Rich ends up Winning a big semifinals match against Lockport kid Tyler Rivera, going in the final. Yep. yep, going in the finals against Mason Mastrangelo, who was a multi-time section champ, because um, um, Mason ended up upsetting Farak on the bottom half, and um, Rich ended up beating him, I believe, six three in the finals at two eighty five, wow. two weight classes above, uh, uh, essentially almost hundred pounds above his Giving weight. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So then he went to the states, and you know that's a quick going too. But you know, at least he got there. He got there. No, it's. I mean, that's an important thing for a lot of kids. It De definitely is. And then Wayne, we moved to one ninety five, and Wayne ended up um, taking third in the section on a. Controversial loss in the semis to Ben Wright from uh, Grand Island. He lost one nothing, right. and um, he ended up like it was 
got rode out by a side headlock for a whole two minutes with no improvement. You know, I was at the table a bunch of times, you know, because that's what I do. Uh, you're but, a passionate coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah. so, you know, I was very upset. But, you know, Wayne finished up third in the section. It was, you know, it was good, it was good for him to finish his year like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that was a pretty crazy first year at Star Point. That's that's wild. Has, uh, has any other seasons after that been as crazy? Oh, yeah, even crazier. <laughs> so um, two years later, we ended up winning the school's first league title in school history. Now, when Mike Lewick was the head coach there in the, um, you know, from like two, early 2000s to like late 2009, 2010, whenever he finished up, he had some very, very powerful teams. Oh, like, yeah. I remember, I mean, I remember Gibbis. He acquired, you know, Gibbis. There's there a, there a quite a few third and fourth ones. in the state. Brian Marmo, yeah. who holds the all time wins record at Star Point. Um, you had Eric Choliwa. You had Becker. You had all them guys there. You know, he had just pumping out. Um, state state rep after yeah. state rep. Mike Lewick is a hell of a coach. He's still involved in our program. I lean on him a lot. He's our tournament director for everything we host. He's, he's great. He messages me sometimes. He's always sending me because he's doing the live the live stream. I think yep. it's such a great idea. And he's, Definitely. He's like, oh, tech, you know, let me know what you think. And I think it's the coolest thing that he's doing that. Yeah, so. he's he's really good with the tech and he's really good with the you know directing tournaments. And without him, we wouldn't have the success that we've had and the in the notoriety that we've had and everything like that. Um, but two years after, yeah, like I said, we won the, our, the school's first league title, which was pretty, you know, it's pretty good for us. It's a big deal. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal. You know, we, we've been maintaining like a ninth or tenth, you know, seven to ten ranking in the section, which is pretty good. You know, we have to crack that top five at some point. I'm hoping this year could be the year, but you just never know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of competitive teams. But, um, and then two years after that, which is two years ago, we had our school's first state champion. With Anthony yes. Robinson, yeah, I did want to inquire about that because I mean that's just a, I mean that's just a really cool story, and I mean it, it's a great nod to you know your coaching ability to, to bring him from that level. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know this. If you've listened to this pod, you know this podcast before, you may have heard the story, but Anthony Robinson in three years, right? It was a three-year stretch. Started as a sophomore. I got him first year wrestling ever was a sophomore. That's unbelievable. Started him as a sophomore and his senior year won his New York State championship. Wow. I mean that's that's a lot to do. And he put in the work, right? I mean I seen him in the off season tournaments. I know you do, you know, you guys have your, your off season dual tournament. I, I seen him everywhere we went and obviously yeah. put the work in and earned it. So with with Anthony, we, I got him as a sophomore, and we knew right away that like, wow, this kid has something special. You yeah. know, we knew he had it. He had the tools to be successful. Yeah. So he was a two twenty pounder. He was an all state running back. I mean, the kid rushed three consecutive years for over a thousand yards and multiple touchdowns as a two twenty pounder. He ran like a he ran like a four six forty yard dash. So you're like, okay, this kid is a super athlete, right? Yeah. So we, we had him at two twenty. Um, his sophomore year and at the Lockport tournament, I'm like, I just want to test. I just want to see if, how he does at 285 and maximizes athleticism. Um, and as you see, there's a repeated pattern here. Like when I get an athlete, I like to bump him yeah, up. It's, it's, a good, I mean, it's a good strategy. You see what you can get out of him. Exactly. Absolutely. So we did that and he ended up upsetting a really good wrestler from Rush Henrietta and making it to the finals against Lath. All right. That didn't go so well. <laughs> Lath is like a mountain, right? Yes, Hammer. he still is. Yes, still is. exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, he ends up be, um, finishing in 
I, I believe he took third place at the class tournament, third or fourth place at the class tournament, his sophomore year, his very first year, was in the blood round at sectionals, didn't didn't place at sectionals, lost to Jaquan Johnson in the blood round there, in, in, in ultimate ride out, by yeah. the way. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so he comes back as a junior, wrestled all summer, went to Virginia Beach Nationals with me, went one and two there, wrestled all summer, wrestled Thousand Islands, comes back again at 220, and this year we, this time we kept him at 220 all year. Um, so, two twenty. That um, his junior year, he ended up going forty four and nine as a junior, wow. second year wrestler, forty four and nine, won the N Triple C tournament, upsetting not, like a top five ranked kid in the state in Mason Hoos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yep, yep. two time state place finisher. He yeah. beat him in the finals. On the way to the finals, he beat multiple state reps and state place finishers. Um, he beat the kid from Depew, um, 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 Matt. Um, Trying a blank on his last name, but he was a multi-time uh, state rep and in, in, uh, in state place finisher. Yeah, he beat him. He beat um, a tough Wheatfield kid in the semis who ended up upsetting Mason Mastrangelo. So that was a huge tournament win for us. Yeah, from there he ended up beating Sherrod Rogers multiple times that year and, and ended up going into the state qualifiers. Um, won the class tournament and ended up as a junior being the two seed at state qualifiers to Mason Mastrangelo because um, he did lose a head-to-head match to Mason at Spencerport. In the state qualifiers, he suffered a back injury in the semifinals. Loses to a kid he beat in the finals, uh, Brad Straw, very tough kid. Yeah. Who they was a 182 pounder, and they did what I did and moved him to 220. Um, ends up losing to him, and then he had, and then we forfeit him out of the tournament because his back was just yeah. You know, you don't so want to he, risk any yeah. permanent or long term. Yeah. Yep. Defaulted him to sixth place, and you know that left a sour taste in his mouth, and that brought him in. You know, another tough off season. And then brought him in as his senior year, where he started the year about 235. And he wa- he kept begging me to go down to 220. And I'm like, you know what? We're just going to keep you up. Yeah. We're, you're strong. You're, you're probably the strongest kid in the weight at 285, and you're the most athletic. You're beating the better. You know, you're, you're rolling around with some of the better kids. You're, you're doing fine. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just keep it the way yep. it is. Yep. So, um, end trip that year, he was stacked. At Wyoming Seminary came. Yeah. Yep. 285 had the Wyoming Seminary kid. Um, who was a stud, had Khalid Kennedy, Jaquan Johnson, Anthony Robinson, Alex Buckley, who was very tough from um, Lakeshore, I think. Uh, Lakeshore, and Kier Parker yeah, who, yeah, from Chictawaga. Yep, sorry. So Anthony ends up matching up with Kier in the quarters, beats him in overtime, loses to Jaquan in the semis in 3-2 maybe. Very yeah. good match. And then for third and fourth, Khalid ended up upsetting the Wyoming Seminary kid. He Anthony lost the close match to the Wyoming Sem for third and fourth, and Jaquan ended up winning that weight that year. Yeah. Um, from there, we took Anthony to Eastern States next weekend. This is where he really turned it on and never looked back. So he ended up placing fourth in the Eastern States tournament. Did he? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he placed fourth in the Eastern That's States a big tournament. Deal. Huge deal. Losing in a three or three to one match at the buzzer to the kid who ended up taking third in the state on the large school side that year. Okay. Um, so. That was his last loss of that season. Wow. From there, Anthony rallied off every win he could, ended up pinning Buckley in the class tournament finals, ended up the two-seed to Nick Becker in state qualifiers based on points. Yeah. Um, major decision Buckley in the semis, or 7-1 or 8-1, like close to a major in the semis, and ended up Keir Parker upset Becker in the semis, and then ended up beating Keir Parker in the section finals. What is re- so no, what is really surprising, so Anthony ended up set one-time section champ, first-time state rep. Yeah. But because we went to Eastern States and because Section 6 was so deep at 285 that year, you get points 
for every set a state rep you beat. If right. they were a section champ, you get 10 seeding points, and if they were a wild card, you get six. So that year, him and Kalik wrestled three times. He beat Kalik two out of three, one of them being very controversial in the ECIC finals. Yeah. Controversial call there. Um, and that he went two and one against Kalik, so he got 20 points there. He beat Keir Parker twice, so he got 12 points from him being a wild card, and he beat um, multiple section champs at Eastern States. Yeah. So the seedings come out, and I actually did all the math for every state rep in the weight, and I knew he was going to be the one seed. And the seedings come out, and he's the one seed. And um, Gomez, who was a two-time Fargo All-American, ended up the two seed on the bottom. Because um, Gomez, I believe, had an injury and didn't wrestle much that year. He had only, like, 20-something matches. Um, Anthony ended up going to, um, won his first match easily. His second match, unseeded kid was actually beating him 7-3 going into the third period. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Anthony got in two, like, uh, over-under tie-ups with him, and the kid tossed him twice. Fought off his back, ended up down 7... I'm sorry, he was down 7-2 going into the third period. Um, Anthony ended up... They chose down. Anthony, we've been working on legs all the end of the year, and he ended up getting double legs in. Power halves him and turns him to his back. And... I'm looking at it. There's around a minute left in the period, and, I'm, and I didn't want him to try to pin him and end up losing by a point or two, so I told him to let it go and get it collect his three. Yeah. Go back to the power half on the far side, and he ended up turning again for a five count and beating him 9-7. Wow. It was a crazy quarterfinals match. So, I mean, I mean, that shows a lot of character on his part, too. I mean, I mean, aside just from, you know, what we're talking about, but the fact that, you know, a lot of these... A lot of kids, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that happens. When they're down, especially at the state tournament, they just get super deflated, yep. right? And we see that on all different levels. But, I mean, it's a really good thing to see that, you know, Anthony had that character uh, where he I mean, fought back. It's a, it's, that's a big one because, I mean, if he loses that match, he's got to wrestle one more bout for the rest night. of the night. And obviously, yeah, yeah he's, he's going backwards the rest of the way, so... So, it yeah. was. It was. He's very resilient. He hated losing, and he won. Like the, his wrestling style is that he wasn't, you know, very offensive. You know, he was. He's. He won a lot of one point matches. You know, he won one point two point matches. He was very stingy though. It was very. You could barely score on the kid. You're right. So when that kid was up seven two, we were like everybody in the gym was shocked. I think you know that knew him from section six. Yeah. But that led us up to the semifinals match, and that the kid in the semis ended up taking third, and that match was, you know, that was like the way that match played out was crazy so um and it's all based on the coin flip honestly so anthony this kid was a f- six probably five a full two from section three a full 285 anthony's very short 235 right anthony's only six foot 235 yeah um so what it was a zero zero first period anthony was digging under hooks and i always kept him going forward so no stall call forward 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 he always moving forward digging under hooks digging under hooks i didn't want him to shoot because i didn't want to get caught underneath um but Anthony, what Anthony did have was a good underhook to an inside trip. Underhook, overhook, inside trip on the overhook side. Yeah. And he ended up trying it on the out-of-bounce line, and he hit it, but he didn't get any points for it. Um, but that, like, prevents the ref from calling a stall call, right? That's true. So 0-0 um, zero, zero first, we won the coin toss. So this is what really decided the match. It was crazy. So Anthony, nobody could ride that kid out. I mean, the kid was never got rode out. So chooses down, almost reversed him, got an escape probably within five seconds. Almost had to. So it's one nothing us after the second. Um, one nothing Anthony after the second. Going third, kid chose down, and I just told Anthony, cut him right now. Don't try to ride him. I don't want a locking hands, nothing like that, you know? So um, one one after the third going in overtime. 
dig an underhook, dig an underhook, go forward, go forward, go forward. Our game plan was to get to the rideouts because I knew we had choice in ultimate. Yeah. So we get to the rideouts, and we go down first. Anthony gets right out. He's up 2-1. So then the second rideout, it's that kid's choice. He goes down, and Anthony looks at me, and I go, cut him right now. Don't even try to ride him and win it here because we have choice. Yeah. Zero stall calls. And I was looking at Joe Scapaletti. He's looking at me and like Joe, like gave me the, like that's a great call. You know, we're talking. You know, you know we, you know, us coaches talk. Yeah. So digging underhook, no stall calls. Forward, forward, forward. Goes to the ultimate. Well, of course we're going down, right? It's our choice. We choose down. Anthony's probably uh, off bottom within four seconds. Match over. We're in the finals. Points. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And then uh, the finals match was even crazier. What well, What was it like for you to sit in that chair? Because I mean, that's like one of the. I think as a coach, just to sit in that chair and have everybody in that stadium look at you, like just all eyes focus on you and your your wrestlers. Uh, what was that feeling like for you, especially the first time? And so it was the second time I'd been there because I was there with Jimmy, a senior year clock that's right, that's at Iroquois. Right, yeah. um, but it was my first time as a head coach. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's it, it's not about me or my assistants. It's about Ant- it's about the kids. It's yeah. about Anthony. You know, it's about it's about the competitor. Right. So the focus should be on the kids on the mat. It should never be on the coaches in the corner. Right. Right. You know. Um. So what I did there, you know, I, like a lot of kids, like with that, fi- like with the finals introduction, it's a lot. You know, it's a huge presentation. Um. You know, and kids get rattled, right? Kids yeah. get rattled in that huge arena. You know, you've wrestled there. Yeah. You know, you it's, you it wasn't easy. No, it's <laughs> not. It's that. not. You know, especially for a first time guy, right? Yeah. So what I did was, is you know, the tunnel underneath the arena and everything. Yes. After the finals introductions, where they shake hands and they introduce each finalist and stuff, I made him go under the tunnel and I didn't let him out. I didn't want him to see all that. I wanted him to be by himself, be focused, and think about what he has to get done. Um. So that I, it ended up working out for us. You know, who knows what would happen if you were sitting out in that arena the whole time watching everybody else. The pressure mounds in you, it builds up, you know, and you're watching other kids in tight battles and you're really not thinking about your battle that you have coming up. Right. So I kept them underneath the tunnel the whole time, kept checking on them, you know, things like that. Um, but going into the finals, we had, you know, uh, Jason Gomez, like I said before, he was a two-time Fargo All-American and a Virginia Beach All-American. And um, right away, Gomez comes out, and this kid's a stud on his feet, just an absolute stud. Comes out and firemans Anthony. Anthony Post doesn't give up any backs. It's it, it's two nothing Gomez. Um, but this is the problem. This is what they did wrong. Is Ant- Anthony's very dangerous off bottom, as I mentioned. Um, and if their coaches were scouting, they would have probably said, okay, let's just take him down and let him up, and they probably would have won the match. In all honesty, right. So what they did was, is Gomez, he was small like Anthony. He was probably only 217, and he went up. So he blew his wad on two huge mat returns, like skied Anthony, huge mat return, skied Anthony, huge mat return. And on the third one, Anthony gets to his feet. He goes to lift Anthony, and Anthony hits a standing Gramby and catches him on his back. What? So now instead of Gomez ending the period up to nothing, he's now down 4-2. And he just looked deflated from there. He, and as tough as a competitor as he is, he just looked very deflated from there. Um, in the second period, we got choice. We chose down. We're now up 5-2. to two. We end the second period up 5-2. Um, and then they do so they must have been watching the quarterfinals match when he got legs in and turned the kid. Yeah. They did not want to go underneath him, so they chose neutral. Okay. So he now needs two takedowns to 
two, three, two takedowns, two escapes, and a third takedown, essentially three takedowns in one period when he only has one the whole match. Um, he ended up getting one takedown, cutting it five to four in the third, and then Anthony got out six four, and then there was a stall point awarded. Match ended at six five. What an amazing! I mean, that's that's hot to beat a guy you know that caliber. It just it's, it's like the icing on the cake of a you know just an awesome career. It was and, definitely. You know, it made me happy. I mean, I, I I didn't get to watch the match unfortunately, but I did. You know, I I heard about it. I read results. Just following it on like uh, track wrestling and all that. It was just I was happy because I because I knew you know that Anthony was he was young. He was relatively green. You know what I mean? Definitely. Still, for him to do what he did is just it's it's amazing. And you, it's it never happened. It almost never happens. Uh, so I mean that's just a great story for for Anthony. And um, did I see he's helping out coach this year? Yeah, so he's going to be one of my assistants this year. Um, his, so he'll be at like events and stuff and a few practices. He's gotten up to a plumbing apprenticeship. Okay. He um he wrestled a full year at N Trip last year, qualified for nationals, took second in the region for Coach Maudi out there. He you know had a solid year, and Maudi was you know obviously expecting him to be back this year and try yeah. to get on that All American train. But you know Anthony. You know, he just he wanted to start his career, I guess. Keith, to be honest, wasn't too happy about that. Um, but, you know, he has to do what makes him happy, right? Exactly. I, I told him, you know, just make sure you don't live with regrets because, you know, sometimes you do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but he could work still, and he's still young enough if you ever wanted to go back in a year or two. He's eligibility. So. Exactly. That's great. It's good to hear that he's still sticking around the sport, too. Definitely. Um, you know, he's coming back to help you out. I mean, Anthony, from a, you know, selling your, your program perspective, he's like, very valuable asset. One hundred percent. You know, look, look what he did in three years, and, and you know, if you work hard enough, maybe, just maybe, this could be you. Um, so, I mean, that's that's great to hear. Um, now, as a coach, you know, every, every we're we're in early, early stages of the season right now. What do you want from your wrestlers when they come into the season every year? Well. First, you know, I mean, like for me, the hardest part of the year is the first couple of weeks because yeah. you get all the novice wrestlers that have never stepped foot on a mat. So, you know, you have to, you know, it's good to go over basics with your experienced guys as well, but Always. you're going over basics and practice seems to be, you know, slower than it would be like when, when it's January, you know, late December, things like that, and we're cranking and people are hitting, you know, every drill the right way, things like that. Yeah. Um, so the first couple of weeks for me always personally is very, very tough because things are very slow and I'm a fast-paced guy. So, um, But it's good because you want those new guys. That's how you find those diamonds in the rough. That's That's, how, that's how you build programs, right? Um, but it's also good to have good assistance. Be, I would not be – Starpoint Wrestling would not be as successful as it is without my number one assistant who's the phys ed teacher in the high school, Joe Buscalia. Yeah. He is the main piece of this coaching staff. He is really the guy. He's in the building, right? He's been around for a while, too, hasn't he? Oh, he's been coaching 20 years. I'm like, I know he looks familiar, yeah. It's funny, because I always tell everybody, I go, he's the only D1 national champ in the whole gym, because he was a Division One national champion in the vault at Syracuse for oh, gymnastics. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he actually went to the Olympic Training Center for gymnastics, things like that. That's so, phenomenal. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that, and he, uh, he he's a Division One national champ at Syracuse. That's, I mean, that's... That's so cool. That is so I know. Cool. Do, do you push off season heavily? Too? So yeah. So by, some people are a little like uh, you know. Sometimes you need yeah. a break, but a lot of people are just like go 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 yeah. go. So I do give the kids a little bit of a break right after the season. Give them about a month, and then we get back on it. We join. You know, there's multiple wrestling clubs in the area. I have my kids practicing multiple times per week, um, and then we do. 
about four off-season events. We do. I'm on the board for Nickel City Duels. You know, okay. I helped start that with Coach Station Taste, Joe Scapuletti, Dennis Bauer, great, Charlie Var- Voorhees, and like, Tom Page. When it was first announced, I was like, "This is the one of the best things that could happen in Section Six Wrestling." So, I mean, good on you. It, it's and funny because nobody knows the story how that tournament started. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. So, Coach Chase from Clarence and I were on his boat fishing out there on Lake Erie. And after we were done fishing out there, you know, he, we were like, let's grab a bite to eat. Um, Chase is like, uh, let's go over here, you know, to Riverworks. I'm like, all right. So we drive our cars, go over to Riverworks, sitting on the patio, getting some meat, and we start walking around the place. There was a boxing ring in one of the hockey rinks. And we look at each other, Chase is like, dude, we could host an off-season wrestling tournament here. Yeah. Like, we could make this pretty big. So, you know, we got the idea to, you know, get the coaches association involved, you know, and, and, and turn this thing as, into a nice event. Um, I s- set up a meeting at Santora's with um, the guys I previously mentioned, Dennis Bauer, Tom Page, Charlie Voorhees, uh, Jason Chase, Joe Scapoletti, and myself. Um, and we got this thing off the ground and running. It's, yeah, because when I was younger, well, when I was in high school, uh, Thousand Islands, like that was the thing. And I feel like this is the new thing. Yes. Right? I mean, the, the environment's perfect. I was there the first year that you guys did it. Um, and it was, like, the weather was perfect. Everybody's just hanging out on the outside. You got just mats just filling the floor. Like, it was such a cool, like, I was really glad. Um, because I know they do, they do pro wrestling events there. Yep. Um, that's, that's what I, you know, I knew that from. They, they do all sorts of events there. It just works. It just works. So, I mean, good on you guys. And the fact that, you know, it's still going. It's still bringing in more and more people, you know, every every year. People from all over. It's just outdoor wrestling is just just such a cool concept. And it's cool. it's awesome that we have it here in Section 6. So Definitely is. And, we're, you know, we're trying to grow it. But, it's, it, you know, you want to grow it within reason and things yeah. like that. Um, you know, without the guys, you know, Coach Hoover has been a tremendous help. You know, he's part of that group that I mentioned too. Um, I mean, this year it started raining at the end of it, and Coach Hoover and myself and all the other coaches I just mentioned um, were guys that were in the pouring rain loading mats into the back of a, a, a trailer truck. Wow. You know, th- th- through the whole night. Yeah. Um, so people don't really understand from the outside view of, like, how much goes into this. It, it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of work. Um, but it, 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 and essentially, we don't take like any money for our boosters clubs for this. It, all this money goes like it goes into one Nickel City account, which um, are going to go is going to go back to all the wrestlers. Right. right? Th- this is for the kids. This is all for the kids. So I, all the, the man hours that are put into this, um, from the coaching standpoint, and all the coaches and parents that are involved in helping because a lot of parents help out you know i'd be reluctant to not mention bob weber from clarence whose son jake weber is a state place finisher from clarence i mean he is a huge piece to this i mean the guy his son has been removed from wrestling for years and he's still out there helping us with this whole event you know it it is so important we have a really good community here i think that that goes a long way that's you know that's why Nickel City, it, it, it succeeds as well as it does. It's everything. Everything, you know, that, that tournament is, is actually making, I, I see it more. I see Section 6 actually taking bigger strides as far as, like, across the state. You know, more kids placing at the state tournament. And, and I think that plays a big part in it. Definitely. So. Definitely. You know, it'd be, you know, and it'd be nice if, uh, you know, if you ever, you know, maybe this year if we could set, like, Maybe like a live podcast of the finals match with you. Maybe like, 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 like if you wanted to do something like that. I've been trying to uh, like stream on the Facebook page. For yeah. If this, I have a camera to go with the laptop, and if there's Wi-Fi, I can live stream. So 
um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I'd love to. I, I'd love to. Any turn, you know? Are you guys hosting ECICs so, this year? So, so we have to take a one-year hiatus. We have a new athletic director, okay. um, Vinny Deloso, and he's a amazing we i mean the support he's showing not just star point wrestling but star point athletics in general with all the sports is absolutely outstanding he came on he got hired late and there was a scheduling conflict so this year we have to take a one-year hiatus but he's like listen you have it every other year until you don't want to do it anymore we will block the date for you okay so one year um and we're looking in we haven't secured a a school for it yet but we are on the verge of doing so okay um but mike lewick will be directing the tournament no matter where it's at because uh he's just the man when it comes to that you know did you see what they did at state qualifiers last year with the video or all the the lighting the lighting the smoke show he's and we're hosting that again oh you are and i'm sure he's going to make that bigger than ever okay that is cool i if there's any way I can help with that, uh, whether it be streaming or helping make the production bigger, I would love to be. A yeah, part we of would that. like to get you involved. So okay. you know, we'll talk about that. Get you involved in that. You know, get Maverick Matt out there and, <laughs> um, and get and get you involved. Um, uh, I will. Uh, you know, we'll touch base after this. Uh, yeah. And um, you know. Th- th- the more hands involved in it, you know, with talent such as your such as yourself, you. the better the production is, right? Yeah. And, and we want to give the kids the best possible production for because some of them guys that take second in the section, you know, that's the highlight of their career, yeah. right? They don't get to go to the state tournament. They may not have wild card Sadly points. No, yeah. So you know that whole you know that whole production and that whole thing is like that's like that they're going to remember that forever. It makes the sport feel so much bigger uh, than it is, and we have to do that. You know, us as a community, we have to do that. You know, the wrestling across the state is losing kids, you know, in droves, and it's it's so unfortunate. But the more, like, special emphasis we place on the sport in, in moments like that, I think it's going to, you know, continue to bring in more kids. So. Without a doubt. It really does. You know, it helps, you know, it helps the, you know, the, the publicity of it, too. You know, you have the you have the news there, put it on TV, things yeah. like that. Um, hopefully we could get a venue for next year where we could have D1 and D2 together and have Coach Lewick do that production as well for both kids, huge, for yeah. both sets, groups of kids, because, you know, I, we really think that's special, yeah. and we want to continue that. And I know Section 6 um, Wrestling with Izzy Martinez has commented on it, and he wants to continue that as well. Good. No, that's, that's so good. Um, just one last question for you, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, you've coached, you know, for a long time. Is there... Like a coach that you really enjoy coaching against, that's really like pushed your your own abilities as a coach. Um, there for sure, they're, that's without a doubt. So you know, I am. I feel like I'm in between right now. I'm not one of the young guys anymore because I've been around so long, but I'm also not like one of the most veteran guys either, right? right. I think I'm in the midst of yeah. that. You know, I'm on the probably the upper edge coming to a veteran guy, but have to go over the hill. Yeah, yeah you know, um, but because uh, I've been around for you know for some years now, um, but I would say some guys that you know I'm always talking strategy with guys, you know, other coaches. I collaborate with other coaches, but one coach that I've Never beaten in a dual match, and he always, you know, we're always preparing to wrestle him as Coach Jason Chase from Clarence. He yeah. is, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in Section 6. His guys are ready. He's going year-round, and he puts a lot of time into it. He's so, done great things for that program. One, yeah. 100%. Um, Coach Lorenz at Lancaster, you know, he always pushes, you know. Um, and then another one is, even though they're small school, is Coach Edwards from Pioneer. Yeah. His programs are always tough. We have to compete against them in the league every year. And, you know, he's always, you know, you know he... He's always kicking her. If I'm allowed to say that, I'm sorry. I'll bleep it. I'll yeah, bleep yeah, it. yeah. But uh, you know, so he's you know he you know 
we we work hard to you know close the gap on teams like that. Yeah. Um, and then you know a long experience because they have had such long success. So you know. Over the years, um, also that I work closely with is Coach Hoover here at Luport. Yeah. Very experienced, a lot of knowledge, n- knows how to coach the sport, has a l- had a lot of program success in He's his history here. He's, He's been, been through it all. And, yeah. and that just goes to show you that, you know, no matter what school you are, you know, you it goes in cycles, you know, like you either, you have a good group of kids that last for, you know, seven, eight years, and then the next group of kids, you know, might not be as tough as that last eight, eight year group of kids, you know? Yeah. So it all goes in cycles, and it, and it, at every school, always does. You know, it's, yeah. it, 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 it goes. I've seen it happen at Niagara Falls many a times. So yeah, it, yeah. Goes, it, it happens at the falls. You know, Izzy had a lot of very good teams. Coach Giancola has had good teams. Yeah, um, and you know, and there's you know, there, it's like a roller coaster, up years and down years, and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, so those are some the guys that really and, and another guy, and I'd be re- reluctant not to mention him. I coached with him, like he, I worked with him so closely too. Is a good friend of mine is Troy Allmeter. Who he's just—he's an outstanding wrestling coach. He's now retired from the sport, so he's out hunting and doing all that stuff and laughing at me for all the stress I, I deal with. <laughs> I bet, I bet, sucker. No. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Tell me about it, Coach. I appreciate you uh, taking time to come here. Um, I know you get your oh, beautiful yeah. baby girl with you, pushing her. You've been doing that for forty-five <laughs> minutes at this point. So. She's sleeping again. Yeah, no, good on that. So, um, I ha- can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. When are we getting you back in the coaching ranks? Oh boy, um, I want to. I want to come back so bad. I really do. Uh, I got asked a few times this year. Um, Coach Wally did for NT, and you know, I've been pondering. It's my, you know, my job. That's I, I'm trying. Problem. It's it's so tough. It's so tough. I'm trying to. I got a lot going on. First off, I love the coach. You know, I. I the, Greatest fun doing it here at Louport, coaching the falls. If I could find a consistent like job within my you know field where I knew I'd be dependable for a, a certain you know that a wrestling season, I would come back in a heartbeat. I I, I love it. I really do. I like like it's so cool coming back here. I wasn't around at all last year. I just came back here. And I just got to say hello to so many people that I haven't seen in forever, and it's one of the best feelings. That, you know, that I'm still like. Welcome around all this. I mean, podcasting aside, uh, it's just cool to know that I'm part of this, like Definitely. this group of people. So, well, you'll always be a part of it, um, yeah. and you know, hopefully, one of these years you could get back, you know, coaching because you know the the sport could use you. Hopefully, I love that. I've always wanted a team of my own too. So, well, maybe someday, maybe you, someday, you will have that. <laughs> That's for sure. I appreciate you, coach. Thank you so much, Co- Matt. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.